Welcome, welcome to the itinerary. This is episode six. So glad you can join us as we take you across the Atlantic to one of our favorite countries with all the pasta, all the pizza, and all the wine, of course, you can handle. We're going to Italy. Ciao, Bella. Ciao. Ciao. Hello, everybody. I'm Jared Schwartz. I'm Melissa Schwartz. And we, of course, travel a lot. Everyone always asks, where'd you go? How'd you get there? Where'd you stay? What'd you do? So we're trying to give you answers here. And uh, we thought we'd take you through how we booked our flights, which is my specialty. Uh, Could be points, upgrades, and just plain old cash. And Melissa's specialty, where we stayed in the hotels, what we ate, and everything else is a little of each. Of course, if you want to go back and listen to episodes one through five of the itinerary, it's very easy to do. Just search for the itinerary on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or if you have an Android, Google Podcasts, everybody on Spotify, type in the itinerary and you have the first five episodes to choose from. We went to Argentina, South Africa, Singapore, Ireland, and Mexico. Those are the first five episodes, and feel free to go back and listen to them anytime you want. This is episode six. Are we ready for Italy? C. C. All right, let's go. Episode six of the itinerary. Italy starts right now. So, this was a nine-night trip in total, from what I recall. The main stops were Lake Como in Tuscany, with one or two-night layovers in Florence and Rome. Um, It was booked using Delta Sky Miles, with one way from JFK in New York to Milan, and then on the return from Rome to JFK. So, we'll talk a little bit about Delta Sky Miles and their point system, how it works, how you can benefit from it. Um, Delta Sky Miles are valued at one cent, around one cent per mile, and American Express is an exclusive transfer partner of them where you can transfer points to miles with a one-to-one transfer rate. So you have 80,000 miles, you have 50,000 miles in your Amex account, and they always give you prompts what to do for it, what to do with it. You can transfer to Delta uh, one-to-one right away. It's, it's in there instantly, um, and they become your Sky Miles, and that way you can book flights. And, and that's what we did uh, for this one. Sky Miles, their lowest tier. Yes, you have a question, Melissa? I do. Okay. So I think you're forgetting that we initially booked the flights with cash, and we booked economy because they were having a sale, and then we used our points to upgrade. Um, I thought we booked just nope. with points on this one. Nope. Okay. So my friend Lauren Doyle told us about the Delta Shout sale. out. Shout out Lauren Doyle. Thanks for being one of our five listeners. Five? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Have you seen the numbers? A lot of people are listening to this. You're the analytics man. Okay, no. So anyway, we really did book using cash. We booked economy and then, which I think is good because that way people know that you are able to upgrade with miles. Cause I'm asked that all the time. Yes. If it's an un- upgradable coach ticket, economy ticket, you can upgrade with miles and every airline is different in that regard. So if we're just talking sky miles here, um, we flew business over there. Um, 
booked in economy, as you were saying, and then upgraded with miles to business. Um, the lowest tier for an international business ticket on Delta right now is about 86,000 miles one way. Of course, with economy, uh, you can get as low as probably 30,000 miles, in some cases uh, 25 or 20. But uh, the standard for a lie flat business class seat is about 86,000 miles uh, across the Atlantic to anywhere uh, in Europe. So we booked one way uh, to Milan, and then on the way back, uh, we made our way down to Rome and flew out of there. So the one way ticket back. Uh, flew out of JFK. Uh, if you guys uh, fly out of JFK a lot, if you're you know users of Delta and you fly them a lot, you know Terminal Four at JFK is Delta's international terminal that houses the uh, very big Delta Sky Club there, and probably the nicest one I've been in. Um, and when you're when you're flying business, you automatically gain entry into the Delta Sky Club. Also, if you're flying Delta anytime and you have the American Express Platinum card, you can get into the Delta Sky Club as well. And so it's a really nice feature. It, it makes the pre-flight situation a little more enjoyable, um, a lounge, very nice and spacious, comfortable, uh, free drinks in there, free food as well, and, and just another place, a more comfortable place than to hang out than sitting by the gate, I would say. Um, so anytime we fly, uh, Delta internationally, we go out of terminal four, some air, some other airlines as well. And then, um, yeah, we hang out there for a couple hours, um, and then go Delta uses the a three thirty three hundred to fly out of New York to Milan. And this is a very, uh, standard plane to go across the Atlantic. It's either, either the a three thirty or the seven six, seven, 400. Um, so on the A330, just a seven hour flight, um, over to Milan in business, it's one, two, one, uh, the seating, the reverse herringbone seats in Delta one, which is their, their business product. They call it Delta one. Um, probably the second best business seat that Delta has, uh, behind the new suites on the A350. We've flown this plane a bunch of times, uh, it has, you know, the leather, the mock leather seats. You have the Toomey uh, amenity kit on there as well. And then uh, the pitch is 80 inches and the width is 21 on the seat. If you're in economy, it's a 242 layout. Um, in comfort plus, the pitch is 35, the width is 18. If you're in regular economy, width, same thing, same seat, 18, and the pitch is 31 to 32. Um, a big thing to note, and, and some people think, when you're flying internationally and you're in economy, you're going to get a bigger seat for some reason, and you don't. It's the same size seat if you were doing the leg from uh, New York to Florida or anywhere in between. Um, so that Comfort Plus seat, uh, it's not a a premium, a economy select or premium select, whatever the airlines call it now. It doesn't give you a wider seat. It doesn't give you a footrest. It's just a couple of more inches of recline for your money. Um, so we were in business, uh, the lie flat seats in Delta One. Um, you do have a couple other options if you're going to Milan, out of JFK in the New York area uh, to fly. You can go on American. You can go on Emirates. Uh, they fly the A380 actually over there. Um, you can go on Alitalia. 
Italy's national airline, or you can go on Air Italy, which is a discount airline over there. So uh, you remember the flight uh, over there? Anything stick out to you? Enjoyable? The, how do you how do you like the Delta product compared to the other ones that we've flown? I think the food in Delta One is better than United Polaris, but I like the actual seat on Polaris better than Delta. I think I've said before that I find the like faux leather um, Delta One to be a little stiff if it's going to yeah. turn into a bed. Okay, I can see that as well. So seven hours, you fly over to Milan, uh, and that the reason that you fly there is it's the closest airport to Lake Como, which was our uh, first stop on this trip. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah, exactly. And one of the greatest places we've ever been to. It's so great. This was the second time uh, that we went there. We stayed at the exact same hotel, and it was awesome. It was so good. It was one of the favorite, my favorite places that I've ever been to. Um, just a 90-minute ride or so away from the airport. Um, Hotel Grand Tremezzo, which it's the midway point of the lake um the hotel gives you the option you can pay for a driver to pick you up at the airport which we did the first time and then or you can rent a car which we did this time um one of the most beautiful drives you can have once you get to the base of lake como which the actual town of como was in you can see the entire lake and the mountains which it's the foothills of the alps right off the right hand side of the road it's one lane it's very steep and narrow up and down the hills, but kind of a straight shot um, from the airport. We we took the car service one time. We drove the other time. Which one did you prefer? Well, my wallet preferred us driving <laughs> ourselves. Um, I think sometimes, like, the things that you need to think about when you are renting a car is that you – like we don't know how to drive stick. So right. when you are going to rent an automatic car and you're in Europe, you're already going to have to pay a surcharge for that. Um, you also have to pay additional for like all the insurance that you're going to need. Um, then you're going to have to fill the gas tank up when you're returning the car. So there are like other fees that you don't necessarily think about when you're renting a car. Um, I had just, paid attention when we were driving the first time with the driver and my recollection that it was primarily just one highway which it was but then it was that one lane road um and there's no pedestrian sidewalk so you you have these people just essentially like walking into your cars uh which is very stressful when you're driving so um i understand why you don't like to drive in europe yeah i mean it's always easier if you if if it's affordable to book the car service from the hotel. They pick you up at the airport. Um, very easy. The first time we were there, we should have done this the second time, but I kind of forgot. One of the, one of the people who was staying at our hotel was renting a Ferrari and drove it from the airport. Cause we saw a couple of Ferraris and a couple Lamborghinis, uh, in the hotel garage. And we we're like, like, who are these people? And a lot of them just said, yeah, we rented exotic cars to drop, drive up the coast. And, and it's really a beautiful drive uh, right on the lake, and you see the mountains in, in the view, just very scenic and a lovely place um, to go to, and, and really easy from the east coast of the United States. You have the direct seven-hour flight, and then you know an hour and a half, give or take a couple of minutes, and you're there. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people love going to the Amalfi Coast, um, and I think this is kind of comparable because you're just surrounded by beautiful water. Um, but I think it's so much easier to get to because a when ton you're, easier. When Amalfi's you're, tough. Yeah, I don't think people really know about Lake Como as much. Um, I know, like, the talented Mr. Ripley was filmed. Like, that's the only thing that people, like... George Clooney? Re- exactly. <laughs> um, should we talk about hanging out with George and Amal? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Stay tuned <laughs> when we uh, go to dinner with George and Amal. So, this episode is sponsored. It is uh, actually sponsored by George Clooney's tequila. Oh, we are? Casamigos. Yeah, Casamigos. Oh, yes, okay. Um, one quick other thing that I liked uh, this most recent time about renting a car is that Initially, when we went the first time, I didn't know if we should stay at Villa d'Este or Gran Tremezzo. And so since we had a car this time, we were able to go to Villa d'Este because everything in the lake region is very spread out. Um, So if you're not going to take a boat to that town um, and we weren't able to take a boat to Villa d'Este, it's hard to get to or very expensive if you don't have a car. So we went to Villa d'Este and although the grounds were beautiful... I really prefer Gran Tremezzo, and I know that you had the same feeling. Yeah, I mean, we looked into it. Should we go to Villa Deste? Should we stay there? Because we already stayed at Tremezzo. And when I was looking it up, I thought there was no comparison. I I want to stay at Tremezzo again. That's what we ended up doing. And Villa Deste, the hotel itself, just... um, I can't say, like, an older feel because Tremezzo is over 100 years old. Um, it just had, it wasn't as luxurious as Tremezzo, I thought. It, it had a different vibe to it. Okay, well, so Villa d'Este was considerably more expensive. Um, Grand Tremezzo is very expensive, but they happen to give us a very good rate. Um, but I will say I never, like, despite Grand Tremezzo being over 100 years old, I never feel like it's dated. No. I felt like there were parts of Villa d'Este, which if you're charging people 1,200 euros a night, there should be nothing that appears to be dated. Like, the f- carpet should not appear to be faded. Um, and granted, it's a massive hotel. There's a lot of grounds to upkeep, but I just didn't think it was as cared for. Um, as Grand Tremezzo is. Okay, so let's get to when we arrive at Grand Tremezzo. So we take that hour and a half ride. Either you get the car service or you rent a car. Uh, you pull up. On your right-hand side is their beach, man-made beach, of course, on the lake. Um, and then they have the floating pool in the water, which uh, really with the color differentiation is a really cool sight to see. Um, the couple of times that we've been there, it's the weather. The weather's kind of weird there in that uh, they may say it's going to be 80 degrees, but then it ends up being 65. Uh, it may say sunny and then it rains the entire day or it switches every hour. Um, it's it's kind of that that mountain air quality to it where it can just change on a dime. And that's pretty much what it did. So they have the beach. They have uh, the floating pool on that side. And then on the left hand side, uh, you take an elevator um, up to the lobby, and and just so you guys know the situation, I said it's mid-lake. It's right next to the famous Villa Carlota, if you've ever heard of that, and we went on a a tour of that in the gardens, and we can talk about that as well. Um, But it's situated right next door. So you take an elevator up, and you walk into the lobby, and it's all red. It's all red everything. 
in there. And it's really cool. At uh, Hundreds of fresh roses. Yeah, fresh flowers, fresh roses all over the lobby. Um, on the left-hand side is, they call it the Sala Musica, which is the colorful lounge area. They have lime, purple, orange, red, and even fuchsia couches. Um, just a place to hang out. There's a patio area, too, where you can get drinks and apps. Um, and their bar is called T-Bar, uh, right off of it in the lobby. There's a billiards room and a library where they actually hang international newspapers like they're drying in the old days, which is pretty cool. Like every morning you could go in there and get whatever international newspaper you want, wherever you're from. And each room, it's kind of like the White House in a sense that each room has its own style, I thought. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I liked in the lobby is is the candy area. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, they had like seven or eight different types of candy um, right in that red lobby area where you can grab whatever you want anytime. Um, What were your thoughts of the hotel, of the lobby, of all the rooms? And then we can obviously get into the restaurants and the food after that. Yeah, sure. I think the hotel is absolutely stunning. I was actually with a girl over the weekend who got engaged at Gran Tremezzo, and we were both saying that it's the most beautiful place we've ever stayed, and she, too, um, vacations quite nicely. Like, she had just been to the Four Seasons in Bora Bora, so definitely, like, one of the finest hotels in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, Just that whole area everybody pretty much hangs out on that lobby area if you're not down on the beach area in front um they have a couple of restaurants in-house oh before we get into the food so jared you're correct in saying that like because of lake effect the water is very cold because both times we've been have been in may right but they do have several pools which are heated um and the temperature is warm enough for you to lay out at least in May, when, when we have gone. So I was able to, like, swim in sun. I just wasn't able to go in the water in the lake. Well, yeah, so you have the lake, then you have the hotel, and in back of the hotel, you have a heated pool. Um, and the hotel kind of blocks the winds a little bit and some of the moisture. So that's where you're getting, you know, the effect that you can lay out, and it's fine. Um, and, yeah, out there they have a pizzeria. Um, out there that you can grab lunch at. The spa is out there as well. They have tennis courts. Um, we took a hike actually up to what would you what would you call that? Like it was, it was like a Buddha or something. It was no, it was that giant teddy bear. Yeah, it's a that big you, that you get to hug when you reach the top. Yeah, so you walk. I think it's really a hike that's like geared for four year olds, but. We had a really hard time. That was tough. <laughs> Four-year-olds, are you kidding me? Well, why would there be a big teddy bear that you're like... That was their mascot, their I, hotel mascot. I think it's like geared for children. I mean, actually, We're it just, probably took like a half hour yeah. to get up there. And it was steep and it was hot out, I believe. Um, so, yeah, the property has a lot to do on it. No shortage of, of stuff to do there. Um, so I mentioned the pizza restaurant. Uh, breakfast is included here. Um, and that's in their formal restaurant where we had dinner one night as well. Um, everything here is geared towards a lake as it should be. So they do have an inside part, but everybody sits outside on the terrace. So, uh, one night, one night we ate there. Um, they have a more casual wine bar and kind of classic Italian place, uh, downstairs. So we ate there one night. Um, and then I believe we had 
apps in the T-bar um, on the veranda as well one night. Um, that's where all the colorful furniture is, and they have uh, music every night. They had a piano player and a, I want to say a saxophonist there as well. So just a cool spot to hang out, and a lot of people who aren't staying at your hotel uh, come to have a drink. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's one of the nicest places I've ever stayed in. Uh, the views are insane. Um, the staff was great, I thought. I've, I really have nothing bad to say about it. And Lake Como as an area is made up of very, um, just a bunch of different little villages. And how you get from one to the other is you take the ferry boat, um, which is conveniently docked right outside of Hotel Grand Tremezzo. And, well, the Tremezzo stop is anyway. Correct. Um but if you're staying there, it's right outside, and maybe for a dollar or so, you can get on the ferry. We went across the lake to Bellagio, which is one of the bigger towns um, on the lake, and explored there as well one day. That that was pretty cool. We had dinner at Verano one night as well, which is another uh, town that we were able to get to by ferry that was pretty easy to get to. And then we mentioned as well, we uh, strolled around Villa Carlota, um, which has magnificent grounds. We walked inside as well. There's a lot of art there. Um, just yeah, a- it's been around since uh, 1695. It was um, founded by the Clarice family. Um, and so Grand Tremezzo um, purchased the estate a couple of years ago. And we were there three nights. Um, they also have an, an awesome spa. One of the best massages I've ever gotten uh, was at Hotel Grand Tremezzo, um, so that's a good thing if the weather's crappy outside. They also have a pretty cool indoor pool, which mm. looks out on the lake, so if you want to be near the water and the weather's crappy out, you can go on the indoor pool and still get the views of the outside as well. Um, so the first time we were there, we stayed two nights. I didn't think that was long enough. Uh, we stayed here three nights on this trip, and I thought that was that was perfectly fine. Um, it was good, and then we were on to our our next stop, uh, which we drove back to Milan. And then, if you've ever been to Italy or you want to know something about Italy, uh, the easiest way to get around is by high street high speed train, um, and it goes from the the big cities. And then, if you want to go to a littler town, uh, you take the local. But we took the high speed from Milan to Florence, and we have both been to Florence before. Um, together. Yeah, together. Oh. Um, well, because we were there separately as well. We were separately as well. So we won't get into too much of the history of the sightseeing in Florence because been there, done that. It's a great city. I think it's one of my favorites uh, in Italy. The food is fantastic. Um, but we really went there because we wanted to do a wine tour um, of Tuscany, of the Chianti region, and it happened to be leaving uh, the only place it left from was Florence. Yeah, so we wound up doing one night in Florence and then stayed three nights in Tuscany at this beautiful, it was essentially like a castle, which we'll get into. But when I was looking into actually doing wine tours, the majority left out of Florence. And so since we had to take the high-speed train to Florence anyway, I thought it made the most sense to stay the night there and then just go in the morning versus 
going to like a villa in Tuscany and then trying to figure out how to get back to Florence or hiring a driver, which was just very price prohibitive. No, oh, I thought I thought it was a great idea by you. Um, you know, we saw everything previously in Florence, so part of me was like, oh, why do we have to go there again? And, you know, we stayed at the same hotel that we previously stayed at. Um, so it was nothing new there. But once we did go on the tour, that tour was awesome. That was so cool. Um, we went to, I want to say, four vineyards, small producers um, in the Chianti region, in the Chianti Classico region, which is the more centralized location uh, of Tuscany, and really tasted some awesome wines. DOCG is the highest uh, varietal that they have there. And, you know, these are... These are vineyards um, that have been around forever, and they really take pride in what they do. One interesting note, like in Tuscany, um, really different than anywhere else in the world that I've been wine-wise, they don't use an irrigation system. So all the water that they're getting is all natural. Um, they never know what the, the season is going to be like, and when they do have a great season and they have a great, um, you know, varietal and, and bunch of grapes and production, it makes it all that much better. And that's why their wines are considered one of the top in the world um, because there's nothing artificial about it. And every single place that we went to, um, they spoke about that. And they provided a lot of good insight and info and a lot of good cheese to go with the wine as well. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the tour we did a little bit. So I did some extensive research on this, which is how I discovered that we really needed to stay in Florence to do the wine tour. Um, we wound up going with a company called Grape Tours. They leave out of their wine store, which is in the heart of Florence, called Taste of Tuscany. We did the Super Chianti tour, and the reason we did the Super Chianti tour was because I really wanted us to have lunch at the Butcher of Panzano. It's a really hard um, reservation to get on your own, but this is the only company that works with this chef who actually is going to be on the next season of Chef Table on Netflix. He was incredible. What was Dario, uh, Dario something? Sure. <laughs> uh, I will get you his name. Um, he was... He was one of the most animated people I've ever met. We, we went to this small town... Um, he has this butcher shop and he's just outside. We were lucky that he was there and he was outside greeting people. Yeah. He had a bottle of grappa, which, uh, basically grain alcohol there. And he's serving shots to everybody. And then you eat in his restaurant and it's just plate after plate after plate of meat, different varieties. Um, super good, but the highlight for me was just this character, and I'm not surprised that he's getting a Netflix yeah, special. Yeah, he's such a ham. His name is Dario Cicchini. That's right. Um, he was so fun to be around, and everything that we heard was just that much and more. And it's not like you saw him in a re- in you saw him in his restaurant, but it wasn't anything commercialized or anything. You went into this small little tiny butcher shop. They were giving samples out. They were giving the shots of grappa out. And he was... Uh, it was like a very authentic Italian experience. I, f- I feel like it's kind of like epitomizes the way I think Italians and Italy is. Yeah, I mean, he's... 
like Pure welcome it, like come into my home. Have what was he my... saying? He was saying, oh, he's saying carne, carne. Yeah. And then he was giving you grappa, grappa. <laughs> uh, just a, an awesome experience. And the tour was tiny. I mean, I think we were with six other people, maybe. Um, it was a family. Yeah, it was a family. So it, w- it wasn't like a big tour with 30, 40 people on, uh, super intimate. And yeah, really something I would highly suggest. Um, the point of this trip was really to go back to Lake Como because we really liked it and to go to Tuscany, um, to go stay in the countryside of Tuscany, something I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I think you wanted to do it as well. And I found this place that was awesome, this castle um, in the heart of Tuscany, about an hour down the road from Florence. We had a driver pick us up called Castello di Casole. Is that correct? Uh, I think it's just Di Casol, Castello di Casol. And then okay. while we were there, Bellman Hotels, which is internationally like gorgeous luxury brand, acquired them. Yeah, this is a 10th century castle. They have two restaurants, a marble bar, a heated outdoor infinity pool. It's overlooking the hills and the vineyards. Uh, the property was amazing. You're, you're in the middle of nowhere. So if you want seclusion, if you want quiet, um, this is the spot to be. They do have a lot of activities to do as well. Um, we stayed in this super cool two-story villa, I would call it. Um, it was actually a restored farmhouse, but uh, it was huge. It had an upstairs. There was a lounge. You go down the stairs, big bedroom leading onto the patio. Um, I thought the accommodations were great. Yeah, no, and they upgraded our room. Um, it was amazing. That's always nice. Always nice. Um, I forgot that we didn't mention the hotel that we stayed at in Florence, though. And we did stay there two times. And the second time that we stayed there, they had just finished a multi-million dollar renovation. Was that Lungarno? Yeah, so we t- stayed at Hotel Lungarno, which is a Ferragamo hotel. Um, so Fer- Ferragamo has, like Salvatore Fer- Ferragamo, the designer, has a bunch of hotels. If you stay at one of the hotels, there's a Ferragamo museum in Florence. So the first time we stayed there, we went there. It was very cute. It was like the history of um, Ferragamo and his collections. And then food-wise, really quickly, so Massimo Batura, who has Asteria Francescana, which right now is the number two restaurant in the world, he opened a restaurant in the Gucci Museum. So we went there for dinner one night. And then... Um, a well, pre- yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, and we did their tasting menu, which um, is kind of reasonable. It's 68 euros for three courses. Yeah, and then the reason that we went there, I mean, if we're going... We'll get back to Tuscany in a bit, but uh, so we're going back to Florence here. The reason that we ate there is because we did previously on another trip to Italy eat at Asteria Francescana, which at the time was was, was the number one restaurant in the world, and all the hype was true, I thought. It was great. We can talk about that down the road, um, but it, it's interesting. He has this more casual spot in Florence, and your expectations are so damn high coming off of Franciscana and Modena, and we just thought it was okay, I thought. Uh, It was nothing spectacular. And maybe if I hadn't eaten at at his other restaurant, it would be something different. Um, But I thought it was, eh, it's okay. Nothing great. I think your, your expectations were a little too high. Probably, but what do you expect? 
I, like, the menu at Franciscana is like 300 euros, so I... I would honestly hope that it wouldn't be as good because otherwise I would be like, why the hell did I pay 300 euros when I could pay 68? Yeah. Um, okay, so that was kind of wrapped up Florence there. Yes. Um, okay, so back to Tuscany and uh, De Casoli. Um, so bunch of restaurants there, two main ones, Tosca. Um, you have breakfast there and then the fancier dinner place, I would say. Um, on the property. Then they have a pizza place, um, which... I thought was fantastic. You told me it was the best pizza you've ever had in your life. Yeah. Is that still stand up? I believe so. Okay, so we ate there a couple of times. Uh, you can eat inside or outside. Um, and then they have a bar area as well. And really the thing I would say to do there, other than like the food, just something you have to do is watch the sunset. And they have this elevated veranda area in which they serve dinner also. We ate there one night as well. But you take your bottle of wine and you go out there and you just hang out on the various couches that they have set up and you watch the sunset. And it's awesome. It's right over the mountains there in the vineyards. Um, just so pretty. Like uh, I mean, coming from Como to that it it's so different but in the same way it's spectacular i thought very romantic very romantic um so we did that a couple of nights and as i mentioned you can order dinners dinner there as well um they have a, a vineyard on the property that we went to it's very small we did a wine tour there they're very accommodating and nice um but other than that we really just hung out there um the pool was awesome, I thought. Uh, Infinity Pool, they had a bar there as well. Um, so we hung out there a couple of days. If, you're, if you want to do activities there, um, they have a Tuscan safari, actually. Um, yeah, they have wild boar. They have uh, deer. They have a lot of smaller animals there uh, that you could see. You can also go truffle hunting. Um, they have yoga in the vineyards. Um, they have a cooking class. We didn't do any of these things. No, we didn't, but I'm saying you can. Um, they have a spa, and then they have a watercolor class. And what sparked my, my memory on that is during these sunsets and even during the day, you saw a lot of people painting there. Um, so, you know, if you're artsy and, and you're into painting, um, this was a spot to go to. And I remember a couple, talking to a couple of people. Um, they said they brought their paint with them or at the hotel they have sets that you can get as well um so something interesting that you know if you're into art that that you can do as well but no shortage of activities no we did not participate in a lot of them but they're there to do if you want if you want to do that um yeah i mean what was your this was i i guess this was my pick um what did you think of it going into it how did it live up to your expectations expectations and what did you think of Tuscany overall I mean I don't know my thoughts on Tuscany overall because I kind of think that it's not like a Napa or a Sonoma where the where the towns and wineries are so close together and I certainly am not going to recommend renting a car in a foreign country and driving from winery to winery. So no. I feel like that limited my experience of Tuscany overall. But as far as Castello di Casol, I absolutely loved it. We stayed there for four nights. I was never bored, even though we didn't do any of those activities you said. 
Um, I think that it was heaven just having that infinity pool in the background of all the of all the vines was gorgeous. I um, mean, it's one of my favorite pictures to to look at. I had this idea in my head that I wanted to go to this place and I didn't want to leave. So, like, there were so many different activities you could do. Not only the ones I mentioned on the property, but you could go into different towns and stuff. I just wanted to hang out there. And, and if you remember correctly, a lot of people staying at our hotel, the pool would be empty in the morning, and then by the afternoon it would be packed. And people, these these men, would just... They were complaining. complaining. They yes. would just complain. They'd be like, oh, we had to go truffle hunting. Oh, we had to do this. Like, we'd rather just stay here. Well, those are the types of people, um, and we know a lot of them as well, that they go on vacation and it's like a 24-7 activity. Like, they have to have something for every hour, and we're not like that. Yeah. Like... We just like to hang out and uh, like we'll do some stuff here and there, but specifically for this place and more and Como as well, like I, like you're staying at these awesome hotels, like you just want to experience it and spend as much time there as you can. That's my thought process yeah. on it, and I didn't think that staying there for four nights was too long either. Agreed. Um, I do want to be honest with our audience and say that as much as I love Lake Como and Gran Tremezzo, the food there is not my favorite. It's very close to Switzerland, and I feel like the influence airs more on the Swiss side versus Italian. Um, I'll whereas, agree with that. Whereas in Tuscany, I thought the food was amazing. Yeah, I'll agree with that as well. Um, so to get back, we took a car service again, uh, closest city is Florence. Um, so we drove up there and then took the high speed train again, uh, down to Rome. And you might say, well, why'd you go to Rome rather than just going back to Milan and flying out of there? Um, Florence is about halfway and Melissa had never been to Rome before. I had been once. Um, so I kind of saw the sights, uh, but she wanted to check it out and, you know, this was, what, your fourth or fifth time to Italy and you never been to Rome before? Yeah, I started feeling like I was very ignorant. <laughs> okay, so we went down there. Uh, we stayed two nights. One night. It was just one night? It was just one night. Remember, you kept saying it's not going to be enough time, and I was like, trust me, it's going to be enough time for me. Like, <laughs> I really just need to, like, be able to tell people that I've been to Italy five times and Rome has Okay, so we went to Rome. You saw Rome. We did the hop on, hop I off. I never need to go back. <laughs> I agree with you, um, except for the airport to fly through to places. But, um, yeah, we did the hop on, hop off. She saw the Colosseum. She went by the – we drove by the Vatican. You saw the different fountains. Um, it, I think it was 95 degrees out. And that was it for our sightseeing of Rome. Basically, it's a very crowded city. Um, not my favorite. Uh, anybody who asked me, I would say Florence over Rome any day of the week. Um, and yeah, we were there for one night. Uh, we did go to an awesome place though for lunch, uh, which I think it was the best cheese I've ever had in my life. Not the one you had from Morton Williams tonight? <laughs> no, I think this, um, Okay, so it's called Ruscioli. I'm going to I'm going to give you the nod for best cheese. It was excellent. They have a mozzarella tasting. They probably have 18 different iterations that you could choose from whether it be like with prosciutto, melon, jams, uh, vegetables. And so, 
It's a very large restaurant, but it's set up very, I think, very cute. There are four different sections, and you're able to make reservations in all of them. So they have the counter area. Uh, they have the wine cellar. They have this, what they call the restaurant hall, and then they have a table at the deli counter. I believe we sat in the restaurant hall. It was like a long strip. And we went there right when it opened, and the place was jam-packed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I got the mozzarella and prosciutto, I want to say, and you got the burrata. And they were both really, really good. Um, I think we both, like, looked at each other and said, this is the best cheese we have ever, we've ever had. Um, so that was the best food I had in Rome. Uh, we did go to another place at night. Yeah, so my friend Lauren Doyle, who I mentioned before, we met up with her. Second shout-out? Well, because we had dinner with Is she them. advertising? Not yet, but I'm trying. Sponsor! Um, so she suggested we go to a place called Armando Al Pantheon, and it's right next to the Pantheon. So location-wise, it was great. Um, it gets write-ups in, like, everywhere. I wasn't in love. They're supposed to be the founders of Cacho e Pepe, so I ordered the Cacho e Pepe. Didn't love it. Um, but I thought that it was right outside the Pantheon, so it was, like, very romantic because we were there at night, so it's all nicely lit. Um... And that's, I mean, we were really only in Rome for 24 hours, so we really just had two meals. And that was more than enough, I thought. <laughs> yeah, and the hotel we stayed at in Rome was um, Hotel DOM, so it was in a really good location, didn't love the hotel. That was your pick, too, and it was kind of this... Um, it wasn't like it was my pick, it was like everywhere that I wanted to stay was 700 euros a night, and I didn't feel like paying that. But this was like on the hot like, up-and-coming list of hotels. It was yeah, kind of bo- boutique Yeah, Condé Nast Traveler like had covered it. I think it's hard also, though, like, the hotel, without me getting, like, any discounts, was, like, 250 euros a night. So for us to compare it to hotels that are yeah. 1,000 euros a night, it's probably not the for one For one night, fine. It was fine. Like, it was clean. It was in a good location. Yeah, like, as we mentioned, like, the main part of this trip was Lake Como in Tuscany with stopovers in Florence and Rome as well. So... You know, for one night, totally fine. Um, And then, yeah, we flew back uh, the next day out of Rome direct to JFK on the same type of plane, the A330. Uh, The same thing. We uh, bought the economy ticket uh, with cash, and then we upgraded using points. Um, And remember, you can transfer from American Express. Uh, The transfer ratio is one-to-one to to Delta Sky Miles. Um, as well so that's how you can do that and yeah that was that was italy uh we did do a previous trip where we went to the south and we went up to modena as well um some some other places that was our first time in lake como and maybe we'll have an episode down the road of that but for this one lake como florence tuscany and then rome um and then flew back to the states and overall i thought it was an awesome trip. Uh, the two main places that we wanted to go to came through. Uh, they were excellent. Two of my favorite places uh, I think I've ever traveled to. And two places that I certainly would go back to. Maybe not in the next year, but down the road, I would love to go back to them. So I'm sensing a theme here that you're not that you're more of a country versus city person. Yeah, I think living in New York City, there's something to it to when you travel, you go somewhere different and you get 
uh, kind of a different feel. I would so agree. I do like, obviously you have to fly through the big cities and sometimes it's nice for a night or two to see those cities. But for the majority of our trips, I do like uh, going on the outskirts. I like uh, staying in different types of cool places, uh, being more on the countryside. Um, yeah, that's just my Same my here, preference. Partner. All right. Cheers to that. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining us on the itinerary. This has been episode six, Italy. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can always listen to previous episodes. All you have to do is subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts or get it on Spotify or Google Podcasts if you have an Android. So previous, previous episodes include Argentina, South Africa, Singapore, Ireland, and Mexico. And if you enjoyed this episode of Italy, rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Tell a friend. All you have to do is type in the itinerary and hit the download and listen button. So I want to say something. Sure. Ciao. Ciao. See ya. Arrivederci.